Hello everybody, my name is Nkozi and welcome to the Two Sides of a Coin podcast. This week we're going to talk about two movies that have come out. First movie is the much-awaited trilogy sequel of The Equalizer with Denzel Washington, where you see how he is going to kill his next villain. After that, we're going to talk about a little indie film that came out where it is described as a female fight club in high school. And we're going to talk about that with Bottoms. So let's get into it. When it comes to the Equalizer movies, we're on the third one now with Equalizer 3. It really boils down not to is Denzel Washington's character of Robert McCall going to make it out of the movie? Is he going to meet his match in terms of the villain that he's facing? What it really boils down to is how is he going to kill the person that he's facing? Because at this point, The Equalizer, which is based off the popular TV show of the same name, is essentially like the game Clue without guessing who the killer is. So it's not about who is the killer is denzel the killer or somebody else the killer no denzel washington is the killer it's more about where he kills them and what he does it with so it's like denzel in the kitchen with the knife denzel in the alley with the bottle of wine denzel on the roof with the corkscrew it's not about who's doing it it's about how and where they do it that's all the equalizer is at this point. Not to say that it's not entertaining, but that is absolutely what the equalizer is at its very, very core. So let's jump into the equalizer three, AKA two thirds of clue and see if you guys like this movie or not. So The Equalizer 3 starts out, of course, with Denzel Washington being Denzel Washington. You're walking into a villa in Italy where he has gotten all of these people killed. And now he's waiting for the rest of the bad guys to show up so that way he can kill them as well. And since he's Robert McCall, he's the Equalizer. Of course, he's going to kill him. He's going to time it out and he's going to kill him and he's going to kill them in the exact amount of time it takes. That in no way, shape or form surprises anyone if you've seen the first two Equalizer movies. But I will say this about the Equalizer 3. He actually runs into a little bit of trouble. And that's because what he doesn't know is that one of the bad guys has his kid with him. So when he sees the kid, he's like, hey, kid, you stay there. Don't say nothing. Don't do nothing. You'll be fine. And the kid says, nope, shot my daddy. (laughs) The kid shoots the equalizer. I think it's I think it's the first time I can remember where he has been seriously hurt in these movies. I mean, he's been hurt, but not to this point. So that actually puts some danger in regards to the equalizer so i will give big props 
to the Equalizer 3 in that you are making the actual character seem mortal, even though he is John Wick levels of deadly. In fact, I would say Denzel Washington is much deadlier than John Wick because John Wick would just kill you with a gun because that's what he likes to do. The Equalizer just like, I'm going to play with you. I'm a toy with you. I am going to kill you in a way that is humiliating to you. And I'm going to tailor make it to you. So after the Equalizer gets hurt, he ends up in a small town where he's brought back by a doctor. And the doctor, and the doctor's real cool because he doesn't even blink. He's like, hey, you found this guy. He fell down some stairs. And the guy who brought the equalizer to the doctor, who is a cop, he's like, what? What do you mean? And he, uh, he got, he's like, he fell down some stairs. That's, that's what you're going to, that's what you're going to say. He's like, all right, he fell down some stairs. Okay. So this guy brings the equalizer back to life, saves his life. And now the Equalizer is finding himself in this small town, recuperating and finding his joy again. Finding the love that he missed out on, the peace that he's been looking for. The Equalizer is finding it. So, of course, people have to come and they have to mess with the Equalizer. The Equalizer doesn't seek out people to mess with. He's just like, hey, stop doing what you're doing. I won't kill you. And he is undefeated in the amount of people that just says, you know what? No, I'm not going to stop doing it. And he says, ah, well, I have to hurt and or kill people, which is what the equalizer does. The equalizer equalizes things by making sure we are all equal in death and pain. That's Denzel Washington's character. So... Of course, the bad guys come and they mess with the Equalizer's piece. And the Equalizer warns everybody and he says, listen, you leave, you'll mean you will have no problems. If you don't, we're going to have a lot of problems and those problems are going to be death. And of course, the bad guys don't listen. And of course, the Equalizer brings in some help, starts making calls, starts helping everyone that's around him. Because he's the Equalizer. He's Denzel Washington. And really it's just more about the Equalizer dealing with things in Italy and helping all those around him. So what are what are some good things about the Equalizer? Well, the action is good. The way that they filmed it and the way that they definitely, you know staged it it made it so that way denzel washington's character who is denzel washington is getting older time defeats everyone they shot it and they choreographed it in a way that he still looks just as deadly as the first movie he doesn't look like oh he slowed down so much so everybody's holding back the way that they've shot everything They make it so that way it's less about, 
oh, you know what you're facing. And it's more about the equalizer is using more stealth to make the kills way more embarrassing. Or he's just shooting people. In which case, you can be as old as you want and still shoot people in very embarrassing ways. So the action is solid overall. Some of these deaths are very inventive. So I got to tip my cap to Anton Fuqua, who directed the movie. So tip my cap to him. Also, Denzel Washington is perfect at giving one-liners. This is a guy who he is a great actor. So you give him some good one-liners to say, Denzel Washington is going to give you those one-liners right back. He could be asleep in a coma. You give him a one-liner, he'll give you one right back, and it'll still fit. It'll still be great. And that is absolutely what happens in this movie. The snappy one-liners are all still there. Also, the villains are evil, but not too evil. What do I mean by that? Well, the villains are definitely evil. They'll kill people, they'll hurt people, they'll blow people up, but they're not so evil that I was afraid at certain moments that they were going to go cross the Rubicon of what the Equalizer is, and they were going to say, oh, no, they're real evil. And I was like, oh, I'm afraid on how evil you want to make these guys. But thankfully, they just made them gangsters and just regular evil villains you know and really i gotta give shout outs to the brothers in this movie who are played by uh who are vincent and marco they're played by andrea scarduzio and andrea dodero respectively they're the right amount of evil in this movie which I appreciate you always want the right amount of evil. Also, you know, got to give it up to Dakota Fanning. She's also in this movie. She plays a CIA agent who's meeting up with Robert McCall. And honestly, it felt kind of funny because the last time I think I saw these two act in a movie together was Man on Fire. So... It was really interesting to see that dichotomy of Denzel was her bodyguard in Man on Fire. And now Denzel is more of her equal in this movie, which I kind of enjoyed. And I also enjoyed that Dakota Fanning's character, they reveal at the end, so I'm not going to spoil, is a callback to the first movie. And when you see it, if you've seen the first Equalizer you will know in what way that she is a callback. So I, I like that they kept that continuity. Now, what's the bad in this movie? Well, I mentioned how Denzel Washington could sleepwalk through this movie and it still be good. And that's because he is sleepwalking through this movie. This movie, this is low effort <laughs> Denzel Washington at his absolute finest he is oh I mean he's trying but he's not trying if you know what I mean like this is not him at his absolute best this is him being in an action movie where 
He knows exactly how much effort he needs to give, and he's given it. I mean, so props to him for being professional. Also, the plot is just, I mean, it makes sense, but it is so weak. It's, it's just a weak plot. No one cares about the through lines, about how everything is connected. Honestly, you could have not had these things connected and it would have still worked. There's a through line that runs through this movie that's just unnecessary. Y you don't need it because the stuff that happens with Denzel in the town doesn't need to be connected to the stuff that happens earlier. They connect them both, but it's unnecessary at that point. They don't need to do anything about that. In fact, they could have hinted at an equalizer four with the stuff that happened in the beginning. But that's neither here nor there. It's just, like I said, the plot is very weak, but you're not going to the equalizer for the plot. Let's be honest. You are going to watch the equalizer because you like Denzel Washington, because you want to see action, and you want to see him hurt people who deserve it in inventive ways with one-liners being the coolest, smoothest man in the room. And thankfully, it does every single bit of that. He is the smoothest. He is the best, most capable man in the room that nobody knows who he is. That's a ghost that knows more and mentors everyone around him. That's who he is. That is Denzel Washington's character. That is Robert McCall. And... If you're looking for something else, why are you going to watch The Equalizer? Honestly, let's let's keep that honest here. So, in my mind, this is a this is a home cooked meal. It's a solid action movie, but Denzel could have been half sleep in this movie, and it would have still worked because the plot is as thin as a piece of two-ply toilet paper and he does his job he looks cool in the action scenes he looks badass when he needs to look badass and outside of that nothing else is needed so if you want to go watch this movie if you watch if you like the first two equalizers you will like the third equalizer if you did not like the first two equalizers you won't like this equalizer. I can guarantee you that. So let me know what you guys think. Let me know if you like the equalizer. If you don't like the equalizer, let me know what your favorite death is in this movie. What's the scene that made you go, oh yeah, that's the one that I really like the equalizer doing. So let me know in the comments or email me and let me know what you guys think. So normally... When it comes to movies that are set in high school, I really don't connect with them very much. I think that really stopped connecting with high school movies when I left high school. And really, it just depends on the genre. If it was maybe a drama or an action movie, then you can let it go. But when it comes to comedies, I really couldn't work with it because in a lot of high school comedies they kind of work towards the lowest common denominator 
and it makes sense to work towards the lowest common denominator. I just don't like it. So when I first saw the trailer for Bottoms, I didn't know what I was getting, to be honest. It was explicitly stated in the trailer that this was essentially going to be a women's fight club. Well, really, an LGBTQAI plus fight club, considering that the main characters are both lesbians who are trying to get women. So they decide to start a fight club in order to get respect in their school and get the girls that they want to get. Honestly, that is the kind of TV show that's the kind of movie that you would see from National Lampoons. The only difference is that it's with women instead of with men. Honestly, that was all I needed to kind of get on board with this. Once I flipped my own understanding, my own thought process and saying, this is a National Lampoons movie, not made by National Lampoons. So give it a shot and see if you like it. Because I have liked some National Lampoon's movies. So let's dive in to the movie Bottoms. And I'll give you my review. So the interesting thing about Bottoms is the world that it takes place in. These girls are not hated because they are gay or they're lesbian. Which you appreciate. Although... As they say themselves, in this world, you know, Josie and PJ, played by Rachel Sennett and Ayo Idebri, they are hated because they are not only gay, but they are untalented gays, which is a truth bomb that I didn't expect to get within the first, like, five minutes of this movie. And at first, I'm just wondering what the heck kind of movie I'm being dropped into because they're going off about what they want from the girls that they're trying to get and the things they're trying to do, which lets you know that these are two people who've never been with anyone and they are very, very nervous and they're acting like high schoolers, which is exactly what they're supposed to and not stereotypical high schoolers. It seems more realistic high schoolers. So as you go on, you're realizing these are two girls who really have their sights set on these other two girls. And just like in any high school or National Lampoon's movie, they have their sights set on two girls who are probably way out of their league in terms of Hazel and Isabel, who are played by Ruby Cruz and Havana Rose Liu. These girls are the popular girls in school. They are one's dating the quarterback of the football team. The other one tags along. These girls are out of their league, regardless of if they are, in fact, gay or not, which you don't even know. You know they have a crush on them. You don't know if they're actually gay or straight. So we'll jump right into that. Meanwhile, they run into situation where they get into a confrontation with the quarterback 
of the school, the main quarterback, the guy who the entire school is seemingly written around. And this is what I mean when I get back to the world as an entirety of a satire. Because this seems like the kind of world that could not exist in our world simply because while yes sports do matter sports don't matter this much i mean damn you don't have a single player who runs the school to the point where no one else can oppose them or go behind their back that's that's the wild part but jeff who is played by nicholas gadazine or gailtazine not sure how to pronounce that last name. I apologize for that. But he is the quintessential quarterback. But he's not the quintessential quarterback. He is a jock, but he is a sensitive jock. Normally, when they play jocks in movies, the jock is the meathead. He is this big, hulking guy who's really really strong and not very bright and he's cruel for being cruel and this guy he is still dumb so that part isn't taken away but he really isn't that <laughs> muscular and macho in the way that previous movies would show you muscular and macho he's way more effeminate and way more in touch with his feelings, which is weird because he's twice as toxic as those other jocks that you'd see in older movies would be. At one point, these girls almost hit him with a car. I mean, this is in the first 20 minutes, barely graze him. All of a sudden, this guy's coming into school with a cane on crutches acting like, I got hurt, oh my God. My leg is in danger. I almost died. Which, oh, this this movie is just, the world it's set in is both worse than our world and in some ways better. This is a world where patriarchy is still there, yet it is taken away from certain toxic traits while other toxic traits are amplified and the toxic traits that happen to women are also amplified. So this is the kind of guy, these are the kind of guys who they talk really softly. They're not yelling out, you know, racial or homophobic slurs. And yet they're worse so much worse than you would see in other movies so it takes a little bit to get used to but after that confrontation where Josie and PJ are in trouble they might get even expelled from the school they say no nope, we're starting a self-defense class that's what it was about and they're like oh no we're not starting a self-defense class at first they started to get out of trouble and then they hatch the plan that hey not only are we going to do this self-defense class we are going to do it and we're going to get popular enough that the girls we like 
are actually going to like us back and suddenly we are going to be not only somewhat popular but we're going to get the girls and that's what high school is all about and that is most of the plot of bottoms and it gets only crazier from there so let's let's start with the good in regards to this movie uh i've already talked about the world that this is set in so let's start with the satire in this movie is absolutely on point this is a movie that amplifies all the toxic traits of real life that you'd see in high school where sports are life in this school football has taken over everything to the point where nothing else realistically matters feminism is treated as an absolute joke uh women's safety is at an all-time low considering at one point they make a joke about hey you don't have to worry about being assaulted at any more birthdays like number seven is the lucky charm and i'm like what (laughs) that what seven which okay that's wild but this is the this is the place this movie is set in and yet it's progressive it's hey people don't care about your sexual orientation they care about what you can provide for everyone which is why Josie and PJ are on such the low bar they're not judged by the fact that they are you know what their sexual orientation is or their race they're judged by are they talented are they the traditional gay or lgbt stereotype and they're not so they're judged to be less than because of their character which is wild and definitely not okay but it fits in this movie and it works like I really do say this world is twisted, it is messed up, so it sets everything that people do absolutely on fire. Second thing I like about this movie, the comedy. Now, I say when you are in a comedy, you need to hit more often than not. You can't just say you're a comedy and only laugh at two out of ten jokes. You need to hit a minimum amount of jokes that you hit. And thankfully for Bottoms, this movie does hit that minimum amount. It actually hits it, I would say, more often than not. So if I had to give it a number of jokes out of 10, I would say it hits between 6 to 7 out of every 10 jokes. You're actually chuckling because they're funny. So I've already talked about, you know, Rachel Sennett and Io Idebri. They're the leads and this movie rests on them. They are two pieces of chaotic energy in their own way where they know the right thing to do. And they steer hard at times into the wrong thing to do. Like at one point with Josie's character, she's confronted with, hey, I should come clean about some of the things that we're doing. And instead, she steers right into the skid 
she steers away from the skid, not into the skid. She steers away from it and just goes, nope, gonna tell something else that will completely help me and not help clarify this situation. PJ, Rachel Sennett's character, she is a big just ball of chaotic and narcissistic sarcastic energy that just starts off the entire chain reaction of when things go well and when things don't go well and it honestly just works really well and I really like her character also I gotta give big shout out to the supporting cast you know Ruby Cruz in here she is great as uh, Hazel, as well as Havana Rose Liu, she's good. You know, Kaya Gerber as Brittany. They're all they're all great. So the other girls in this movie elevate it to the point where, because Hazel, she's the one that starts the group. She is the unofficial third member, even though you see where it goes in the movie. But I really do like how every single person in this movie really does get their moment to shine. Even the other girls in their fight club get their own moments to shine to really show what they can do. And especially when they fight, because they do fight, they aren't pulling punches like this movie is much bloodier than you'd expect. You know, you will see people with broken lips. You will see people with busted lips. You will see people like get the absolute hell beat out of them. And the only reason it works is because of the movie that you're put in and the world that has been put in here like people are afraid that at a high school game like they're not only going to lose but that people are going to die at this high school game like when somebody pulls out and goes over the top it doesn't even feel over the top it just feels like a natural consequence of well you said you wanted this now you got it at no point do you feel like, hey, there's anything wrong with what's happening or that this is so unbelievable that it wouldn't work? The storytelling by the script writers was really, really, you know, top notch, which makes sense because Rachel Sennett, PJ, she helped write this script along with uh, Emma Spiegelman who wrote one of my other favorite movies or directed one of my other favorite movies because uh, she was also in uh, Shiva Baby, which Rachel Sennett is in. She's the main lead. You should really go see Shiva Baby. It's actually really good. But I like that we are seeing more and more... <clears throat> That we're seeing more and more movies where the they are written by women for women. And because they are written 
by women for women, we are seeing perspectives and tones and situations that if played out through the male gaze would come off in one way, whereas when they are played out through a feminine gaze with a female directing hand, it plays out completely different. It's not that you couldn't do this movie with an all-male cast. You could. It's that when you do this movie with an all-female cast and there's female voices telling the story, it comes across in a much more, not wholesome way, but it comes across in a much more direct and a much clearer fashion in that the people in this movie aren't being sexualized just to be sexual. It's only when they choose to and if they want to be just people existing, they can just be people that are existing in this movie. So I really do like the story because it does that and it also makes sense from A to Z. You can see the dominoes fall in real time. And while there aren't that many surprises, it's just told competently well. Also, I got to give a huge shout out to the only person in this movie who really isn't an actor, which is uh, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch, the NFL, former NFL running back, Super Bowl champion, Marshawn Lynch is in this movie. And honestly, he... I loved every moment that he's in this movie. And this is why I also give a huge shout out to the director and the writers because they played him perfectly. He wasn't in too much of the movie. He was in just enough. And he wasn't something that was a main cornerstone of the movie. Like Marshawn Lynch came in, gave his lines and then left. Whereas... He might have had total like maybe 15 minutes of screen time along with the cast. But Marshawn Lynch was not the main part of this movie that you would go see it for. But he was he was hilarious. He definitely came across as his character, which was a teacher who just was not interested in really running this group and just kind of wanted to do something so i i loved his character he was hilarious every single time he came on so as i said big props to the writing team for giving him material so that way he could be good in that and carrying him through this movie it's just i've seen i rewatched steel the other day the shack movie so I've, I've seen what happens when a writing staff and a directing team don't give people who aren't traditionally actors or who trained a lot for acting the support that they need. So that's why I'm giving them a big shout out here. Now, is this movie, does it have no flaws? No, it's, it's got some flaws. As I said, this movie hits on like six, seven out of ten jokes it gives. When it does not hit, it is silence. It Some of those jokes are terrible. Just to be honest, some of those jokes are terrible. Now, 
not every joke. Like I said, you're only going to run into those flat moments very, very rarely. But when you do, it's like a speed bump, you know, and it's not necessarily a small speed bump. It's like a speed bump that's big enough where you turn the music off in your car and you just go, oh, oh, no. okay, I need to turn the music off. I need to pay attention. So they're like that doesn't happen often. But when it does happen, you are aware. Also, I didn't love the second act of this movie like the lead up to the third act kind of fell a little flat it had its moments but to me it could have gone even crazier because I thought they were gonna go really really out there and they kind of toned it down where in the first part they were going crazy and I thought no go, go absolutely crazy go insane like, I wanted it to go even further than what it went. Thankfully, the third act came in and it really boosted that insanity that this movie was going to have. Like, jokes that were made in the first and second act came to fruition. All of that. I loved it. I just wished we would have gotten way more in terms of that craziness throughout the entire movie instead of stuffed into certain sections when the sections went super crazy i loved it but when they didn't it it just kind of fell flat for me so at the end of the day what i will say is this if you are looking for the next fight club this isn't that movie if you are looking for a fun movie that makes a satire of fight club that makes a satire of high school, of the world in general, and shows women kicking ass in some brutal ways, both to each other and to other people, I really think you are going to enjoy this movie. I had a lot of fun. I waffled between giving this a high home-cooked meal and a low fine dining for a little bit. At the end of the day, I'm gonna give it a low fine dining. I think this is a really good movie. I think it's one that's well worth watching. And you know, let me let me know in the comments if you guys like the movie, if you didn't like the movie, or if you wanted something else from the movie i would love to hear your thoughts thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode if you want to reach out to me you can find me in several places you can contact me on twitter at two sides coin you can find us on instagram at two sides of a coin that's t-w-o-s-i-d-e-z of a coin all one word you can email us at two sides podcast at gmail.com and you can listen to the podcast on podbean on spotify and also on apple Podcasts. so we hope to really hear from you guys i love to hear and discuss anything you guys want to talk about and we'll talk to you later